the night, and often she'd wake up several times during the night because she was afraid. And each time he would retuck her in his bed, he'd say, Honey, why don't you just pray to Jesus? He'll take that fear away. So it happened again the next night. And finally he asked her, Well, what did Jesus say? Well, he told me, Daddy, that I was supposed to come and wake you up. (laughs) Troy, I wish you were still on the drums. I need some help here. Okay. Here's another true story about a little girl who was frightened by by fierce thunderstorms. She cried out in fear, and her father rushed to her bedside. As he held her in his arms, he explained that she did not have to be afraid, that God would take care of her because he loved her so much. And she said this, I know God will take care of me and love me. She replied, but right now, Daddy, I want somebody with skin on. (laughs) Each of us in our lives, there are times when we're afraid. That spirit of fear tries to come upon us when we're in trouble, when we're threatened, or maybe we're about to lose something. When we're in trouble being threatened or possibly about to lose something that we care about, as children of God, as much as we love, depend, and appreciate Papa God, there are just sometimes we just need somebody with skin on to come alongside of us and give us a great big hug. To let us know that they're thinking about us and that they care about us and they love, love us so dearly. Amen. There's no one better to fit that position than a daddy. A daddy's a model of of Jesus Christ. The title of my message today is Just Like Papa. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. He said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. There are three distinct meanings behind that word imitation. Imitation, the first would be this. It's an artificial likeness on purpose. There's no effort to deceive somebody. I mean, it is what it is. You know, we have artificial sweeteners, right? We have uh, artificial flowers. How many like those? You don't have to water them. They're just great. You just put them out there and they last. In affairs of commerce and marketing, these types of artificial things are are accepted and wanted. But when it comes to spiritual matters, how many know that isn't the case? We don't want imitation. We don't want something artificial. In the Old and New Testament, there are several who manifested this type of unframed artificial uh, imitation. One was uh, diatrophies. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, the third letter of John, verses 9 and 10. John is writing here, and he says, I wrote to the church, but Diophrates, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, pratting against us, in other words, making nonsense with malicious words, And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Hmm. 
You know, in Proverbs 18, verse 1, I've been thinking about this verse a lot. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. A man who separates himself from others, he seeks, or we could say she seeks, their own desire. They rage against all wise judgment, and that word wise means sound wisdom. Someone who walks in unfeigned an unfeigned image of, of Jesus Christ, they think they're spiritual, they think they have it all together, but they're not teachable. They isolate themselves. They don't want anybody else to speak into their lives. They're afraid of being found out. So the best way to hide that then, that artificial, um, artificial, um, imitation is to just stay away. Amen. The second distinct meaning is an artificial likeness that is concealed or it's, a, it's pretended to be that. It's not genuine at all. There's a concerted effort that's made to deceive others in thinking it's genuine, such as counterfeit money. I heard just recently there were counterfeit $50 bills that were floated at Menards North here in Rochester. There's counterfeit jewelry. You know, it's made to look like the real deal, but it's not. Amen. Biblical examples of that we find in Luke chapter 20, verses 19 through 26. There were, there were spies that were sent out. Let's just read that. And the chief priest and the scribes that very hour sought to lay hands on him, on Jesus. But they feared the people, for they knew he had spoken this parable against them. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous, that they may seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. Then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show uh, personal favoritism, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Uh, but they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people. And they marveled at his answer and kept silent. You know, Jesus said something amazing in John chapter 6. His ministry is coming, earthly ministry is coming to a close. And he's getting more and more bold and real with them to let them know who he is. He kept on saying, you see me, you see the Father. The Father and I are one, right? Well, he ends up telling them that he is the bread of life that came down from heaven, right? And then he has the audacity to say that if you're going to be like me, you're going to have to eat of my flesh. You're going to have to drink of my blood. Wow, the religious people, that's blasphemy. We're not going to eat of your flesh. We're not going to drink of your blood. And the disciples came to him, and they said, when they were just alone with Jesus, this is really a hard thing for us to hear this. Jesus, what are you talking about? Right? And Jesus then told them, you know, uh, he said to them in verse 61 of John chapter 6, then Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, and he said to them, does this offend you? 
Hmm. He goes on to say, he goes on to say that in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples, many, say many, many of those people that were following Jesus, they went back and they walked with Jesus no more. Hmm. So then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? And in verse 68, Peter says, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. See, another example of somebody that wanted to be the real deal, but it was concealed, was Judas. Judas still followed them after countless many walked away. Yet Jesus says later on in John chapter 6, verses 70 and 71, he answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. Amen. So we have imitation. We have an artificial likeness on purpose. We have imitation, an artificial likeness that tries to conceal it its identity, and look like it's real, although it's not. And then finally, we have imitation, which is following a pattern, a model, or an example with the intent to copy it, to be just like it. Amen. So I want to ask you today, who are you imitating? Who are you imitating? I find it interesting that the longer I live, the more I see that there are very few original people in the world. We all tend to follow someone that we admire, someone that maybe thinks the way we think, amen, or maybe has a personality that's like ours. And so those are the people that we tend to emulate or, or look up to. Imitation really is a behavior whereby an individual observes somebody's actions and behaviors and tries to reduplicate that in their own life. Even Jesus, he was a form of a servant here on this earth. And in John chapter 5, verse 19, again, he says, If you see me, you've seen the Father. I do nothing on my own. I only do what I see the Father showing me to do. Jesus was following that model of, of Father God. Amen. And he's telling us that we should do the same. This is imitation. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. We are to be imitators of God if we are his children. Amen. And once we awaken, church, to our sonship in Christ... Once we get the religion out of the way and we understand who we are and it's all about a relationship, again, when your fellowship is right, your stewardship will be right. I've said that many times. You won't have to worry about pleasing Papa God when you're hooked up with him. It's really easy to be a Christian when you're, you're one with the Lord. It's really easy to say no to sin when you're connected with him all the time. 
Do you think it'd be easy to speak ill of somebody when you're in the presence of God? Do you think it'd be easy to start conjuring things up in your mind and how you're going to get revenge on somebody who did you wrong when you're in the presence of God? That's why I want to get back to that intimacy here. Because when, that, when we are intimate with Father God and we behold his glory, you become what you behold. You start to reduplicate, you, you become a, 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 I can't even talk today. You become just like that person. You become a mirrored image of that person. It's a known fact. <laughs> People joke about this. But as couples get married, and the longer they stay together, they end up looking like one another. They end up acting like one another. Amen? When those two individuals came together as individuals, now they start to become more like one new person. Hallelujah. And so it is with God. So when we, we, we come, what are the four things, real quick? When we're awakened to God and his very nature becomes our nature, his very DNA becomes our DNA, his thoughts become our thoughts, his attitudes become our attitudes, his desires become our desires, amen. We don't have to question what we should do because we know his heart and we know his will and we only want to do his will, amen. So the first thing that happens is, just as Papa is love, so we're love. Just as Papa is holy, we walk in holiness. In 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, it says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And see, we can't be holy enough of ourselves. I don't know, maybe you've mastered that. I haven't. But when you stay hid in him, all of a sudden, you take on his holiness. You don't desire those things of the flesh anymore that used to trip you up. As Papa is love, as I said earlier, so we will be love. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love. He who abides in love. Do you abide in love? If you abide in love, you abide in God, you see. Because you cannot separate love from God because that's who God is. But if you abide in love, you abide in him. God is love. And he abides in love, abides in God, and God in him. As Papa is compassionate, so we too now become compassionate. When we see someone hurting, then we hurt along with them. When we see someone struggling, then we struggle with them, you see. We don't stay in that state, but no, we're right there to, to, to extend our hand to them and to lift them up out of that cesspool of whatever destructive thing is, is, is keeping them down parable or the story of the good samaritan it was only one the good samaritan had papa's heart and he stopped by when all the religious ones walked past him
as Papa is forgiving in his nature. So we will be forgiving in our nature. In Psalm 86, verse 5, it says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon thee. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, God. Father God didn't wait for us to get right, to love us. But he sent his son, Jesus, as the perfect sacrifice. Because love covers a multitude of sins. And see, as we become more like Papa, being a Christian is more natural. We don't have to have a a list of do's and don'ts anymore. Because we're not trying to be Christ-like. We are Christ-like. Amen. And isn't that what the world is looking for? They're not looking for a religion. They're not looking for denomination. They're not even looking for Christians. They're looking for Christ. They want to see Christ. They want to hear Christ. Amen. And that's what we have to offer. A model dad, a model Christian models Christ. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1 again, Paul said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Because he's holy, we're able to be holy. Because he's love, we're able to be loved. Because he's compassionate, so we are able to be compassionate. Because he's forgiving and he's forgiven us, we then can be forgiving and forgive others. Hallelujah. Now, we can't do this in above ourselves. We're not capable of it. There's no way. We need supernatural transformation in the way we think. And this is what Father God is doing in this hour. He's, he's getting rid of all the stinking thinking. All the stinking thinking that has told us that we are not worthy to be a son of God. That we have just messed it up too badly and that we're nothing but a big failure. But nothing could be farther from the truth because there's no failure in God. And Papa God loves us so much. There's nothing that any of us could do that would ever, ever sever his love that he has for us. But the supernatural transformation that only God can do only comes through surrender. It only comes through surrender until we're honest with ourselves and we surrender everything to him. Then his nature can never fully develop inside of us. God cannot fill something that's already full. Jesus, as it says in Philippians, he emptied himself. Although he was God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself of all of his God qualities. He took on the form of a man. He became a bondservant, just like you and I. So he could experience what you and I go through every day. Don't you think that God knows what you're going through, beloved? He knows exactly what's going on. And because he loves you so much and because he has such a great destiny for you, he is so committed to seeing you get past yourself. Because the degree in which we surrender is the degree that we will walk like Christ and talk like Christ and be like Christ. If you surrender lightly, then you will, you will represent him lightly. But if you surrender completely, my God, if you surrender completely to his will and his ways... 
where you're like Jesus, where he said, my meat is to do the Father's will. That's all I want. I just want the Father's will. That's all I want. I want your will, Daddy. I want to be so one with you that when they see me, they see you. When they hear me, they hear you. I can do nothing of myself, Jesus said. And yet, Father God, because he got to the point where he saw, he saw his son. Oh, I'm going to do a teaching. I'm going to, maybe next week, I'm binding and loosing. What does it mean to bind and loose? It's a lifestyle, church. And you realize that any judgment that we do, apart from being in Christ, will bring an element of bondage to our lives. Because God has made us agents with a free will. He will not violate our will. And so if we come in agreement with stinking thinking, then that's what we're going to have. But glory to God, if we can awaken to who we are in Christ, and we start taking on the mind of Christ more and more and more and more, I'm telling you, things are just going to happen. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he said, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And in those days, the death of the cross was only reserved for the most heinous of criminals. Three things, and I'll be done in five minutes, I guarantee you. Three things, that mindset of Christ, to begin to be fully awakened in your sonship. Number one, make yourself of no reputation. Men of God, women of God, name brand clothes, shoes, sporting apparel, equipment, all that stuff that you think makes you who you are. It's nothing, it's just stuff. But your desire is to represent Christ. And as dads, your desire is to provide for your family. Choosing your family over your friends, over your business colleagues. Jeopardizing all their accolades for praise and acceptance so you can go home and spend time with your kids. Maybe toss a ball with your son or your daughter when you go home. Or, or, or maybe uh, have a tea party with your daughter especially when they're young. Take advantage of those precious times. And if you who are, are grandparents, make sure you spend time with your grandkids doing those same things again. It's so important. Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation. He didn't care whether anyone approved or appreciated what he did. His main concern, his main concern, and it should be our concern as well, everybody in this house who's hearing me, our, his main concern was to do what the Father wanted him to do. Jesus said in John 5, 31, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. In other words, it's not valid. In John 14, 11, believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. What's the key to losing your reputation? So you can serve your family and serve Christ well? It's so easy. You need to know where you came from, where did you come from, beloved? 
Well, I came from my natural parents. Yes, you did. That's why you're still here. But as a born-again believer, you came from Father God. You have his seed inside of you, his seed of righteousness. And secondly, you got to know where you're going. Where's your destiny? Eternal life with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, you need to become a servant to those entrusted to you. Jesus took upon him a form of a servant. In family, of course, we're talking about serving your wife and your children. Amen. As, as Christians, we're talking about serving our community, serving people around us. Amen. Being a witness for Jesus Christ wherever we go. We're the only Christ that people are going to see. Amen. Jesus said the key to gaining respect and authority is through servanthood. Servantude. It's by serving people. Jesus did not come to give his life or have people give their life for him, but he came to give his life as a ransom. And that's what we do as well. Amen. What does it look like? It means getting up every day and going to work. It means tossing the ball with your kids or just spending time with them. It means maybe calling your wife every once in a while and letting her know that you love her. Send her a text. Do something. Maybe it's washing dishes every once in a while, guys. I always tell the kids, the kids are supposed to do dishes every other day, and then on, on Sunday, then either Teresa and I do the dishes. That's the way we work at the Barbies. But you know what? I love doing dishes. It's therapy for me. It's a mindless thing that I can do, and I feel a sense of accomplishment after I get done. So oftentimes I butt the kids out of the kitchen. I'll do the dishes, but I'll find other things for you to do. Amen. And thirdly, walk in humility. Just walk in humility, you guys. And Jesus, being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. A model dad, a model Christian, is a genuine replica of our Lord Jesus Christ. He looks, speaks, and acts like Jesus. So as a little girl can come to him and she can say, I know, I know that God will take care of me. But right now, Daddy, I just need somebody with flesh on. Could you just give me a hug? Amen. I told you it was going to be quick. Did you get anything out of this quick message? Hallelujah. It's Father's Day, a time when we can just celebrate dads and celebrate our Heavenly Father. Amen. So, men, we have something for you. Um, so, guys, if you can, if you can make your way up here, it'd be great. Because um, I want to have all the men up here. I want to give you this here. It, it's, a, it's a pen that does about, like, five different things. Okay? <laughs> yeah, could you do that, Pat? Yeah, all the men. Come on. Pat's going to give you a pen here. Make sure you get one. And just line up so you're looking at everybody out there. You guys, you got to see this army of awesome guys we got here. 